Maybe it's a classic, or maybe a flop. Has Katie seen it? She probably has not. She'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad. Hey, have you seen this? No, Katie hasn't seen that. Hi, I'm Katie, and if I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, Wait, you haven't seen this movie? Oh my god, you need to see this movie. I'd be very rich. So this is my podcast, where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. So you know when you watch a movie, and then you start talking about a movie? There's something called spoilers that happen. And today, there will be spoilers about this movie that I'm watching. And this time, it's truly a unique experience, because I actually have zero knowledge of the movie I'm watching today. Like, it's a movie that was recommended to me that I didn't know existed. This is the second movie out of three that I will be doing. We just did one for Gravity. And this movie, I Origin, is number two of movies that wonderful folks unlocked for raising money for St. Jude in May of 2020. I am a Twitch streamer and we raise money all month long for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And I had three spots open where people could donate and then recommend a movie for me to watch. So this one's for you, Jiv the Second. This movie is called I Origins. Let me just double check, is it plural? It is plural, I Origins. It is a 2014 movie that is a sci-fi drama. Jiv recommended this to me because I am on a tabletop RPG show on a channel called Table Story. And Jiv said that this movie has a little bit of similarities to the show and said that it might be worth a watch for me to check out. One of the few things I know about this movie is that the poster has a beautiful multicolored eye on it. But truly, this is one of those movies that I didn't actually know existed until now. And now I'm going to be watching this. Thank you, Jiv, for your generous donation to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I'm very excited to watch this movie. There's People in this movie that I know, actors that I know, that is one thing. I sneaked a little peek at the actors, okay? Steven Yun is in this. He played my boy Glenn on The Walking Dead. So I'm actually very excited to see a movie with Steven Yun. I love Steven Yun. And so I'm very excited that he is involved in this project somehow. I'm trying so hard to not read any descriptions of what happens in this movie. Based on my judgment and logic, if there's an eyeball on the poster and then the movie's called I Origins, it's not I as an E-Y-E, it's just I as an I said. Maybe it has something to do with eyes and it's like a clever tie-in to the title. I don't know. I love some sci-fi. I love a little drama. You know, who doesn't love a little drama? So I think the best thing for me to do is just to dive into I Origins because I'm not sure what to expect in the slightest. I had my husband read the description and I told him to not tell me anything about it. And that's really unhelpful to even say here, but we're going to watch it tonight. Let's see if we learn the origins of I. And these are the ratings. It has a 7.4 out of 10 on Internet Movie Database. Uh-oh. It has a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. And a 57 on Metacritic. Uh-oh. But 93% of Google users like this movie. What gives Rotten Tomatoes? What gives Metacritic? It's kind of a roller coaster of ratings there. The director, Mike Cahill, directed an episode of Night Flyers, which was a show I actually really liked that was on sci-fi. Also, if you're all sleeping on sci-fi network TV shows, you got to get on that. 
Okay, some great sci-fi shows that I have watched in the last few years are, do you have a notepad? Because you got to write some of these down and I expect you to watch them and then come back to me and tell me what you think. Some of the best television I have watched in recent years is from the sci-fi network. One, The Expanse, which is now owned by Amazon, and thank God Amazon saved that series, but it started on Sci-Fi Network. The Expanse is one of my favorite shows of all time. Kind of campy, kind of goofy, Battlestar Galactica always will be somewhere in the love, the love for me. If you're looking for an actual good horror show, here's two actually, Channel Zero and Night Flyers. Channel Zero is kind of that American horror story-esque type show. There's a different concept each season but they do it better. Oh snap, I said it. And then Night Flyers is a sci-fi horror that takes place in space. And Night Flyers, which is based on a horror novella by George R.R. Martin. Yes, that George R.R. Martin of Game of Thrones. Okay, I got on a tangent, but those are some TV shows I highly recommend. And I am now going to go watch I Origins and I'm gonna eat some pizza while doing it. I have returned with my thoughts on iOrigins. So I watched iOrigins, I ate some pizza, and I feel like this is a movie I would have been like all over in college. This was the kind of movie that I would have gravitated towards in my college years. And then as I've gotten older, I feel like I've lost a little bit of touch with those indie thought-provoking kind of movies. And I'm like, give me a good horror movie. And so this was definitely a change of pace from what I normally watch. It's hard to explain this movie. It's kind of like a romantic adventure, but it it was listed as a sci-fi thriller. Wait, was it sci-fi thriller? No, it was sci-fi drama. Excuse me. It's definitely not a thriller. I would say it's more drama than anything, and the sci-fi elements are very light. And when you really break down this movie as a whole, it's more of a romantic journey of this man who is a molecular biologist. He studies the human eye and... He has a research assistant who comes in to help. And of course, they fall in love, but not before he falls in love with someone he met at a Halloween party who has beautiful eyes. And she's like, we're kindred spirits from a different world. And then her legs get chopped off. You heard right. Her legs get chopped off when they get stuck in an elevator and he pulls her out of the elevator. This character's name is Sophie. And you're like, yay, he got her out. But I was like, no. Something was weird about the cut when he pulled her out of this elevator that got stuck and her legs got chopped off as she bled out. This movie's just kind of surreal. It's like a surreal drama. That's the best way that I can put it. With philosophical tie-ins and what is the meaning of life? And this main character, Ian Gray, he's the biologist. He doesn't believe in anything but data and doesn't believe in spirituality and God. Essentially, he's trying to disprove God by studying um, eyes. Throughout this whole movie, it unwraps very slowly, I might add. It unwraps this idea of incarnation. That's at least my takeaway from it. This reality is slightly different than ours where like eye scanning is a big thing. Like when you have a baby, your eyes get scanned and there's like a huge database of people whose eyes have been scanned. And then all of a sudden, when this main character, Ian Gray, and his research assistant who they fall in love after the tragic loss of Sophie's legs and her life. They have a baby and this all kind of kicks off when the baby's eyes get scanned. He's registered as a black man from Idaho. Of all places, Idaho too. Can we, we'll talk about that later. 
If you don't know much about me, I'm originally from New York and I live in Idaho now. So I have some thoughts on the whole Idaho thing from this movie. So it was weird. The baby got a weird eye scan. They scanned it again. The baby has his, his own little, I think they named him Tobias. Tobias has his own eye scan now. But then the doctor calls and was like, can you bring Tobias in? We think he might have autism, but it's this weird white room and the baby's supposed to pay attention to imagery and how he reacts to imagery. And then all of a sudden they're on this quest to unravel my interpretation that reincarnation exists in some way. And it's tied to people's irises. So Sophie dies, right? Legs chopped off, bleeding out in the hallway. He goes to a grave. She's fully dead. All of a sudden, after these scientists go, bam, there's something here. Dr. Ian Gray had taken close-up pictures of other people's eyes. So they start throwing those into the database and get a match for Sophie's eyes. And Sophie's dead. And they get a match for Sophie's eyes in India. And so then Ian goes all the way to India to find a little girl who has Sophie's eyes. And then he does some tests to see if she is like a reincarnation. And then the test ended up with her getting a 44%, which is slightly higher than random. But Ian and his wife kind of go, yeah, it's not enough proof to show that the eyes have some sort of correlation to someone who's passed away. But then as they're leaving the building and they're going to get on the elevator, the little girl has like a full on breakdown to kind of reinforce like, oh, damn. Is this Sophie somehow in this little girl's body and she's afraid of elevators? Like, how else would this be a thing? My takeaway from this whole movie is Ian Gray, the main character, finding faith in the unknown and starting to believe that there might be mystical and spiritual things that surround us that cannot be explained by data. So in some ways, it's kind of a journey about this character finding meaning in life more than just stats and figures and oh this is how you explain it this is logic and showing that maybe there is a touch of the unknown out there it was interesting because the movie starts off with ian getting it on with sophie but it's a halloween party sophie's in a costume her face is covered but he takes a picture of her eyes right away because this is what he studies but it is kind of creepy that he's like at a halloween party sees her and goes i want to take a close-up of your eyes but then they're having sex in the bathroom so you know things just moved a little quickly and then he went out of his way to find sophie because he felt like she was some sort of missing piece in his life and then there's this whole string of events that happen where the number 11 keeps coming up and and as these coincidences keep happening it leads to a billboard of Sophie's eyes, and that is how he finds her. And then they, by happenstance, meet on a subway, even though he kind of looked her up and tried to go to her local haunts to find her. And then they move very fast. They, they move in together. They're going to get married. But there's definitely some issues here. Like, it's supposed to be this whole big, oh, they love each other, it's meant to be. But they're so fundamentally different because Sophie believed in the mystical and Ian definitely did not. And they were arguing on their wedding day because they went to the town hall to get married and they have to wait 24 hours. And I'm like, you guys are fighting. And then they allude to that Karen is his true soulmate. It's literally, that this is not really a sci-fi movie. This is a drama with some weird mystical elements that kind of go, huh. There was a lot of candy eating in this in the beginning with Sophie. And I was like, why is there so much candy, specifically the candy Mentos, which I really like, not the peppermint or the mint ones, this the fruit ones, those are good. And then at the end, when they're running a stimulus test on this little girl who has the same eyes as Sophie, she points to the Mentos 
out of a lineup of three different candies. And I'm like, oh, they brought the candy back. And that was something I appreciated because I was sitting there like, why is there so much damn candy in this movie? There was also a really uncomfortable scene in this. This is years later. I think it was like eight years later. Ian has married Karen, the research assistant. And Karen catches Ian masturbating to Sophie's old videos, like videos he took of Sophie. And I was watching it and just going, oh my God. And it, and you know what? I'm going to say this, Karen, the character of Karen was so understanding of things because Ian's like, I just never had closure, but he was touching himself and it was weird. I felt like this movie was me sitting there waiting for something to happen and it never quite got there for me. The movie was pretty slow and I hate to say it. I, ugh, I didn't really like it. Oh, I've been trying so hard to find things about it that I, I would enjoy. I did like the philosophical discussion of afterlife and reincarnation, but it was only hinted at. It wasn't really delved into that deep. And it was more about Ian and his life. Ian was kind of hard to care about, too. Ian was kind of pretentious in a way. And one of the things I need to mention is Sophie came to the lab with Ian and met Karen, the research assistant. This is obviously before her legs were cut off. But they're in there and she starts to instigate sex in the lab and they hit a, a tray of some sort of liquid and it burns Ian's eyes. And so Ian's trying to figure out what to do and rinse his eyes out. And Sophie doesn't know what to do, obviously. She doesn't work in a lab. So he's like, call Karen. And then Karen comes back and helps watch the eyes. And then they're in the elevator and Ian is clearly upset because he is just had his eyes burned and he's wearing bandages over both of his eyes and Sophie is all like flirty and like kissing up on him and stuff and he's not having it I mean because his eyes just got burned oh and she gets passive aggressive in the elevator because at this moment is when the elevator stops and it's like a service elevator they lived in the shiftiest scariest building I'm like what kind of apartment complex has an elevator like this so it stops working He's like, call the super, but she's like, haha, your phone's dead. And he's like, oh, I don't know what to do because he's getting kind of annoyed. Uh, Sophie goes, well, why don't you just call Karen? And I'm like, this is not the moment for passive aggression. But then things happen. He's able to try to, well, he pulls her out of the elevator and this is where the leg cutoff situation happens. But there's just so much in this movie that you're like, okay, I see where this is going. And then it was like, boom, nope, it's we're going a totally different route. And there's a moment in this movie where he goes to Boise, Idaho, okay? I'm very familiar with Boise, Idaho, okay? They made it seem like the biggest podunk town were like, yeah, you all go down to the dairy farm. It's just down the block. Welcome to our rickety old diner. And I didn't appreciate that. I felt personally attacked. But also I, I was like, there's much more. I'm, there's much more to Boise. But that's that's what they do in movies. Have you ever noticed this? If you live in rural or small town America, quote unquote, you can live in the biggest city in one of these states that's known for being more rural. And it's literally represented as podunk town city with hillbillies, nothing around but farmland and simple people in simple clothes. And I think that needs to change. I don't know if that's the aesthetic they were going for, but don't do Boise, Idaho. Do Stanley, Idaho. That's a place. OK, that would have made more sense. So that suspension of disbelief kind of got ruined for me with that because I'm like, ah, uh -uh, uh -uh, I know what Boise's like. It's not that. There was a lot of eye science. So if you love eye science, this is a movie for you. There was a deja vu moment for me in this, which I thought was interesting because the movie's kind of based around this idea of 
deja vu. And if people with these similar irises have shared memories. So I could see how this is tied in a little bit to the show Gone, which is why Jiv recommended this to me. I can see the inklings of that. I had a deja vu moment where the main character, Ian, is in India and he looks down from a billboard and he's like looking up. And I had a moment where I'm like, have I seen this before? Or is that a gif I've seen on the internet? And that made me kind of go, huh, now I feel kind of weird because this whole movie is about deja vu reincarnation memories. And I just had one. There was a quote in this movie I actually really liked. It was from Karen, the research assistant in the beginning of the movie, where she says, turning over rocks and finding nothing is progress. And I really appreciated that because sometimes you feel like you're trying to be productive or you feel like you're you're spinning your wheels and you're not getting anywhere. But I was like, damn, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Because if you're turning over rocks and there's nothing underneath, you're ruling that out. And it helped me feel a little bit better about my life and my life progress. I may have turned over some rocks in my life and found nothing, but it just means I've ruled that out and I've moved on to the next thing. So that was just a thing. That's like a fun thing that I just personally really enjoyed from this movie and will take away from it. So yeah, I feel bad. I didn't really like this movie. I liked aspects of it. I feel like 20 year old me would have eaten this up. This would have been college Katie's, oh, have you seen I Origins? I just think that at this stage in my life, it doesn't quite hit the same way. I can appreciate moments from it, but I'm gonna give it four out of 10 deja vus. I think for some people, this movie is creme de la creme. But for me, I just think I'm not in a, a place where it resonated with me. But there are definitely things in it that I will take away, such as that quote from Karen. Also, can we just talk about how her name was Karen and how that's taken on such a different meaning in the year 2020? For someone in the future listening back to this, this might, Karen might mean nothing to you. But in the year 2020, it meant something. And I highly recommend Googling it because I don't even know how to explain that. <laughs> Jiv, thank you so much for making me watch this movie. And for your amazingly generous donation for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, thank you for making me step out of my comfort zone and watch something I normally would not have picked for myself. There's still one more of these to go, and I'm very excited for the next movie. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about movies. I really appreciate it, and I hope you're having a beautiful day, and I'll catch you with the next movie. If you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash katiepetersplays. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Instagram at katiepetersplays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It. Katie Hasn't Seen That is a part of the Geek Generation Network. Until next time, keep your popcorn warm for me.